Hi, I'm Leo Finelli, and you're listening to Generation Change. This February, we're introducing our listeners to Ava Pallotta. Ava is a junior at Harvard College, double concentrating in government and sociology, as well as a passionate student organizer. After taking an interest in local politics and hosting her first ever voter registration in high school, Ava fell in love with advocacy and with making the political process more accessible to all Americans. At Harvard, she served as the 2023 co-chair of the Harvard Votes Challenge, where she oversaw all of Harvard's get-out-the-vote work, and she founded the Harvard Votes Boot Camp, a two-day virtual boot camp providing on-campus organizing resources to high school and college students around the country. She also serves as the Deputy Political Director for Voters of Tomorrow, a national nonprofit which made more than 8.4 million voter contacts with youth ages 18 to 29 in 2022. When she's not on campus registering voters or advocating for reproductive rights, she loves to direct and costume design student-led musicals and roller skate around Cambridge. Ava and I chatted about how she got started, how she organized student protests and other events at Harvard, how she takes care of herself, and so much more. This was an awesome interview. Here we go. You grew up in Westchester County, New York. Did you live near Pelham? I did live near Pelham. I think it's like about 20 minutes away from me. I'm a terrible driver though, so I don't know that off the top of my head. What did you like about growing up there? I really loved the opportunity to grow up in a civically engaged county that specifically had a strong focus on youth political engagement and respecting youth voice in politics. I was able to get involved in county political affairs as young as 13. And I think that's a super special opportunity. So I'm definitely super grateful to Westchester County for that. Why did you first get interested in advocacy and public policy? Yeah, unfortunately, my uh, first intro into advocacy and public policy wasn't for the happiest of reasons. I was lucky enough to grow up in a family where politics were discussed around the dinner table and both of my parents were very active voters and stressed the importance of civic engagement to me and my siblings. So when I was about 13, I joined a little a local political group on an advocacy trip to talk to our county executive and it was eight boys and me, which is not something I thought too much of at the time as a young woman. But unfortunately, when I was in the meeting with the politician and I was sitting eagerly taking in my surroundings and excited to learn more about county politics. The politician asked if I had any questions too, or if I was just there to sit there and look pretty. And obviously being a young woman, this was a little disheartening to hear, especially when the boys around me laughed, but it sparked an interest for me in empowering young women specifically to feel like their voice is always worth being heard in political matters. And I went on to I ended up going on to an all-girls school, and I ended up founding a political discussion club there to empower young women to hone their political interests, their political ideas and ideology, and feel comfortable discussing them in the larger world. 
and then went on to be interested in studying government in college. So it definitely didn't knock me down, but instead empowered me to empower others on political matters. So in the summer of 2019, you were an intern for Nancy Barr, who was a county counselor in Westchester. What did you do during that internship? Yeah, that internship was super exciting and definitely solidified for me that I wanted to be working in politics and public service and also showed me the importance of local politics. It was in that internship that I was able to work on helping develop the Westchester County Plastic Bag Ban, but I was also able to attend my first union rally to see the power of community organizing around workers' rights for the first time and also just the chance to get respected for me and my political views as a young woman, especially having had that first experience and introduction into politics, working for Nancy Barr, who respected me and my political voice and treated me no different than her college interns, even though I was only in high school at the time, was so special and definitely made me feel like I could continue working in politics moving forward. You also planned and delivered a speech at an event for the International Day of the Girl in 2020. Tell me about that. Of course. Thank you so much for asking. This was really special, especially in terms of my interest in working specifically on female empowerment. I was elected to the Westchester County Youth Board when I was in the 10th grade. It's a very interesting board, 20 adult members and five youth members. So and all of the 20 adults work in youth matters in their own rights, whether they were a pastor or a, a social service worker or a teacher or anything in between. But as the five young people, it was really special to get to offer that voice to represent the county and to work on projects like the International Day of the Girl. So that was especially a unique opportunity because it was the first time I got to really deliver a speech in a public setting and to do it alongside amazing women, including uh, U.S. Senator Christian Gillibrand, was incredible. And I got to speak about my experience being a young woman growing up in Westchester County and pushing for women's empowerment around the globe moving forward. And then you got into Harvard. How did you feel when you heard that you were going into Harvard? Oh my gosh, it was an incredible moment. I just did not expect it at all. I had worked very hard throughout high school and really cared about all the local advocacy measures I was involved in, but I just didn't expect to go to Harvard. Uh, no one in my family had been to Harvard. So it was just incredibly special news uh, for all of us. I think that the overarching emotion for me was just feeling a sense of responsibility. I felt incredibly privileged that I was going to have access to an incredible private education. And with that, I was thinking about how can I best use this education and best harness this kind of gift I've been given to take it back to the nonprofit and public sector space and make sure I continue to do all the public good and advocacy work that I'm so passionate about and use my Harvard education to better inform the work that I want to do and am hopefully doing and continuing to do in the future. So now you live on the Harvard campus in Boston. What do you like about Boston? Oh my gosh, uh, everything but the cold is probably the best answer to that, to be completely honest to you. And I know I come from New York, but I'll always swear that the uh, Boston winters are way harsher and way more bitter than in New York. But what I really love about Boston is the vibrant community organizing circles here. 
I am fortunate enough to be the co-chair of Harvard Votes, which is a nonpartisan initiative across Harvard College and all of Harvard's graduate schools to get out the vote, not only on Harvard's campus, but also in the wider Cambridge community. And so being a chair of this organization and just getting more involved in Massachusetts politics more broadly. I'm working currently on a 2026 ballot measure, voter engagement and voter access. And so through these initiatives, I've been able to meet so many incredible people and seeing how many people in Boston are passionate about making voting and life in general in Massachusetts more equitable is incredible. And I feel so lucky to be a part of it. What else are you studying at Harvard? So I am double concentrating in government and sociology at Harvard. I'm particularly interested in the idea of people-focused public policy, so public policy that is made with the interests of unique localities in mind and just people's interest first. I'm also interested in studying uh, Gen Z's relationship to patriotism, and I'm currently a junior now, but I'm hoping to write my senior thesis in the government department on this topic and exploring specifically how Gen Z candidates for office, which we're now seeing emerge on both the local level and um, in Congress as well, how they are harnessing the idea of patriotism and how Gen Z voters are reacting to it. So tell me about the Harvard campus rally you organized to protest the overturning of Roe v. Wade last year. Thank you so much for asking about this. The rally for abortion rights at Harvard is actually one of the things I've done at Harvard that I'm the most proud of. It was a crazy, crazy 48-hour turnaround. I was actually at a spring formal dance for uh, first-year students at Harvard when one of my my friends opened Politico on their phone and realized that the leak had been obtained by Politico, that the Dobbs decision was going to overturn Roe v. Wade. And that night was just incredibly emotional. I was sobbing, crying. I knew that part of the reason why I am on this planet is because women like my mother and people before her had access to safe and legal abortion. And I knew that I wanted to do something about it. I knew this is a Supreme Court decision left up to nine people. I can't change the decision. But what I can do is make people in my community feel seen and supported. And what I really wanted to do was say, hey, look, if you're on Harvard's campus and you care about access to safe and legal abortion, there are people who think like you and support you in your ideology. So in the next 48 hours, I was running around. I was on the phone with the Harvard police. I was like Ubering 20 miles to get a megaphone. And what ended up happening is that in the pouring rain, more than 200 Harvard students and Harvard community members came with signs and delivered speeches and performed chants uh, showing visibility for support for abortion rights at Harvard. And it was covered by many media outlets, including the Boston Globe. So it was amazing to have that support from the media as well. And what was very interesting about this day was that there was also counter protesters from a Harvard student group called Harvard Right to Life. And what was very special for me as a progressive organizer was to have the pro-choice side show up with five times the numbers and and I want to say five times the volume so that, you know, we were respecting the pro-life side and their right to organize, but 
we also had the right to organize as well. And it ended up being a very interesting day because a lot of times Harvard is criticized for a lack of bipartisan discussion and discussion between the left and right on any side of an issue. But that day, both sides were represented. And I think both sides got to really speak their mind on how they felt about that issue. So it was a powerful moment for the power of student organizing and also the power of discourse between two sides of an issue that don't often interact. So you're also the director of partnerships for Voters of Tomorrow. What do you do in that job? The super fun job. Voters of Tomorrow is both a 501c3 and a 501c4 that specifically focuses on youth voter outreach and also engagement with young people on the political issues they care about. And what is super exciting about my work at Voters of Tomorrow is that I'm really able to build coalitions of young people who all care about progressive change and care about young people having the resources and feeling like they have the right to be at the ballot box. So some of my favorite projects that I've worked on, the Voters of Tomorrow is helping plan our annual Leader of Tomorrow Summit, where young people interested in politics across the country got to convene, share ideas, best organizing strategies, and also hear from amazing speakers like Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre and Speaker Emerita Nancy Pelosi, but also getting to do meaningful work like what I started called the Youth Voter Table, which is a monthly convening of groups working to elect progressive leaders in 2024. And specifically, all of these groups are groups that work with young people. And there's been no prior convening like this. So getting to be a part of something that is new and hopefully going to be an amazing force for progressive electoral change in 2024 is so special. And I was so lucky to be in the founding of that. But another issue that's near and dear to my heart is a project that's just about to launch for Voters of Tomorrow, which is a VOT project on unhoused youth, where uh, I created a form and an algorithm to match young people, whether they're a part of VOT or just interested in getting involved with homeless shelters in their area and whenever possible, specifically homeless shelters that work specifically with unhoused youth. You know, this was something that I had the idea for during Pride Month. I am LGBTQ and I kind of am constantly thinking about what does meaningful engagement with LGBTQ people and LGBTQ activism look like outside of just Pride Month. And one thing I wanted to do is understanding that LGBTQ youth are disproportionately likely to be unhoused. How can I get to work with helping alleviate the burden of unhoused youth? And I'm hoping to match some volunteers with some amazing shelters. And hopefully this partnership will be one that can have a direct service impact in communities across the country. I'm a volunteer at the Harvard Square Homeless Shelter, which does not specifically work with unhoused youth. But I find that getting to go there and help cook a meal or organize some clothes or do some laundry laundry, or even just take the time to talk to some of the residents there is really, really rewarding. Um, and I would highly encourage any listeners or just anyone in general to get involved once it launches. So tell me about the first time you voted. The first time I voted, I actually have not been eligible to vote in a presidential election yet, even though I have been doing get out the vote work since the 2020 election. But the first time I voted was in a school, local school board election. I went to to go vote with my mom, which was really special because, like I said, I grew up in a family where politics was fair game for dinner table discussion um, and where my parents always encouraged me and my siblings to be civically engaged. So 
it was also really special because I got to go vote in person, which obviously coming of age in 2020 and 2021, I wasn't sure if that was an opportunity that I'm I was going to have. And then I also got to vote in the 2020 congressional elections. And that was my first like bigger election. But I will always say no year is a non-election year and every election counts. I always will try to vote every year, but it was really cool to be able to vote in my first big congressional election. But I actually had to vote absentee uh, because I was in D.C. organizing with Voters of Tomorrow and doing last minute phone banking and text banking to voters age 18 to 29 all across the country. And it was that day that we hit our voter engagement goal of 8 million voter contacts of voters age 18 through 29 across the country, which was incredible. But it meant I have not voted in a big election in person yet, but there's always 2024. So hopefully then. How do you express yourself creatively? I love to consider myself a creative person. Political organizing is very fulfilling to me. And I actually am constantly finding ways to be creative with that, uh, whether it's hosting fun civic engagement events for the campus community at Harvard or thinking really creatively about messaging when I'm developing messaging with voters of tomorrow. But what is by far... My most rewarding creative project is the work I do in theater. I am the tech VP, which means I oversee all of our build and costumes and set for a theater troupe at Harvard called The Hasty Pudding. And I am also directing a musical this fall called Heather's the Musical based on the 1989 film of the same name. And I just find it to be such an amazing creative outlet to get to work with actors and staff interested in working to put a production together. And it's really amazing to be able to do a show like Heather's specifically isn't explicitly political, but talks about political ideas surrounding mental health and community and intergenerational disconnect, because these are issues I'm passionate about advocating on politically, but to be able to open conversations about them through creating art and finding community within art is so special and something I love to do and hope to have in my life. How do you balance all the amazing things you do with taking care of yourself and your mental health? Mental health is extremely important to me. I unfortunately lost my close friend and roommate, Luke Ballstad, who was a Harvard student last year to suicide. And I miss him very much. And I think that while I am sad it took something so tragic for me to realize that, his loss was a big reminder that every day is a gift and we always have to be taking care of ourselves. I think that there's a tendency among young people in general, but specifically I've noticed it amongst the people who work in political organizing and politics in general, that there's always this feeling of... I could be doing more. I could be contacting more voters. I could be doing a better job advocating on this issue. But when we all really take the time to think about it, we aren't able to do the good work we want to do if we're not taking care of ourselves first. A big quote that stuck with me, and I wish I could remember who told me this, but it's, if you burn out at 25, you'll never know what you could have done at 35. And I just, that is the message I love to repeat to all young organizers in this field. So things that are really important to me are getting to do art and things that I find creatively fulfilling outside of politics. Also make sure that I get eight hours of sleep a night and understanding that I'm going to be continuing to do this work. So it never comes down to just one day. And if there's ever a day where I'm not feeling up to it, 
or, you know, I could be going to my second phone bank that week or picnicking with friends at the park. I always make sure that I'm taking that time to be a young person, do as much good work as I can, but still not sacrifice the fun parts of being young or being in community or being in creative to do this work because there'll always be more to do. And I just hope to have as much time to do it as possible. What are you hoping to do after you graduate from Harvard? Ah, that is the scariest question you could ask a college junior, but I'm happy to answer. My goal is to hopefully work in political strategy for a few years after graduation while I save up because my dream is to attend a JD MBA program. But I would like to just continue to work in either something related to political strategy or community engagement for the next few years. I've really valued the opportunity to get to work in national and local politics while still being a college student. But like I just talked about, I really value getting to also be a college student. So I look forward to hopefully getting to throw myself into strategy work post-graduation before hopefully also pursuing a graduate degree in the future. I hope you can have that future. And I want you to keep being as brilliant as you are. Thank you so much. You're too kind. I hope we can continue to be friends and chat again and and be in community with one another. I think that will be so great. I loved talking with you today, Ava. Thank you. I love talking with you, Leo. Thank you so much for hosting these incredible conversations amongst Gen Z activists and organizers. I know I told you I've been able to listen to a bunch of episodes and I'm excited to listen to a bunch more. But I think that young people interested in this work, talking to each other is so, so important. So thank you for opening up that line of communication. It's always an honor. Thank you so much, Leo. Have a fantastic rest of your day. I will. Bye. Bye, Leo. fortunate to have grown up in a county where she was able to have a political voice on the local level as young as age 13. She's been making change since a young age, and she's not stopping anytime soon. I also think Ava's very creative. She founded a youth voter table to bring together organizations that work with young voters. She created a way for unhoused LGBTQ youth to find shelter. She put together a rally on campus in under 48 hours, and she directs student musicals at Harvard. She engages with the world around her to make it better while also making time for self-care. You can follow Ava on Instagram at Ava Palata. that's at A-V-A-P-A-L-L-O-T-T-A. And a little reminder for our listeners. Don't forget to check when your state's primary elections are and vote in the primaries. If you'd like to recommend someone to be on the show, or if you would like to be on the show, email us at generationchange@leofinelli.com. Please follow us on Instagram at genchangewithlf. That's at genchangewithlf. Subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts, and share this with your friends and others. Generation Change with Leo Finelli is hosted by Leo Finelli, executive produced by Julie Finelli, and edited by Nick and Leo Finelli. Our original music was composed and performed by Leo Finelli. Thank you so much for listening.